Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world's bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Audrey Hepburn, An Elegant Spirit. When you hear Audrey Hepburn's name, who do you think of? Is it the charming and witty Princess Anne from Roman Holiday? Or is it Holly Golightly and Breakfast at Tiffany's? Whichever it is, the Audrey Hepburn that lives in the hearts of all is inseparable from descriptions of her beauty and elegance. She was truly an angel on earth. Audrey Hepburn won one Oscar during her lifetime and another one posthumously for her humanitarian work. She played countless classic roles and left an indelible impression in the hearts of film fans everywhere. She collaborated with Herbert de Givenchy for almost half a century and led the fashion trends of an entire era. Even now, there are many people who still try to imitate Hepburn's makeup and outfits. However, this is only the image of Audrey Hepburn that we get from film and TV. Although she was incredibly beautiful, it was difficult to get a sense of what was going on in her heart. In the past, you may have wondered what everyday life is like for such a dazzling goddess of the silver screen. What kind of person was she? What kind of mother was she? Did she suffer the same feelings of worry and confusion that the rest of us do? What exactly happened in the final days of her life? The answers to all of these questions are in the book we will unlock today. The author of this book is Audrey Hepburn's son Sean Hepburn Ferrer who spent the four years after his mother's death developing the book. Amongst all of the biographies of Audrey Hepburn, Audrey Hepburn An Elegant Spirit is the most sincere and authentic. In the eyes of the world, Audrey Hepburn's beauty and grace made her worthy of being seen as one of Hollywood's brightest stars. But in the eyes of her son Sean, she was best known for her role as a mother. Written from Hepburn Ferrer's perspective, this biography does not simply recount scandals, but instead honestly records details about Audrey Hepburn that were unknown to many, her childhood, her regrets, her love for her family, and her care for the world's most disadvantaged children. In the rest of this bookie, we will divide our discussion into three parts. Part 1. Life Outside the Hollywood Halo. Part 2. A Normal Family Life. Part 3. Audrey Hepburn's Later Life. Audrey Hepburn was born on May 4, 1929 in Brussels, Belgium. Hepburn's mother Ella van Heemstra was an elegant Dutch aristocrat, and her father Joseph Victor Anthony Ruston was a handsome and composed Englishman. Fully inheriting her parents' virtues, the young Audrey Hepburn had beautiful brown hair and large fawn-like eyes, such features provided the perfect contrast to her mysterious charm. Six weeks after her birth, Hepburn developed a serious whooping cough. As a devout Christian, Hepburn's mother neglected to take her daughter to the hospital, instead relying on prayers for her recovery at home. But Hepburn's condition did not improve, and one particularly violent coughing fit caused her to stop breathing. Seeing that little Hepburn's body was starting to turn purple, her mother smacked her rear, miraculously reviving her. Hepburn was awake, and after a moment, she was breathing again. Hepburn survived the illness, but without the help of contemporary medicine or a doctor. Her mother insisted it was a reward from God, because she had moved him with her devotion. But life after this miracle was far from easy for Hepburn, and the emerging war in Europe caused her childhood to be extremely difficult. 
Throughout the Second World War, Hepburn lived with her mother in the small town of Arnhem in the Netherlands. The Netherlands suffered one of the longest periods of Nazi occupation in Europe, so Hepburn experienced serious hardships and hunger throughout the war. These dreadful experiences would stay with Hepburn for the rest of her life. Hepburn would later tell her son Sean that they resorted to eating dog biscuits, tulip bulbs, and bread that used peas as flour, because things got so difficult during the war. Having anything to eat was a blessing. When food was at its scarcest, Hepburn would spend the day in bed reading in order to stave off hunger. Eventually, with food running out in the city, Hepburn and her mother moved to her grandfather's home in the suburbs of Arnhem. The price of necessities at the time was extremely high, and Hepburn's family ended up giving away almost all of their most precious possessions in exchange for basic foodstuffs. Even after all that, they still couldn't guarantee that they would have enough to eat each day. The situation was gravest in the winter before the end of the war when the entire city's food stores were close to empty. When the area was under German occupation, any available food was first offered to the German forces. This prolonged period of hunger left Hepburn with a serious case of malnutrition. Luckily, the Red Cross and the organization that was to become the United Nations Children's Fund UNICEF arrived in Arnhem not long after the end of the war, and they were able to provide civilians with food, medicine, and clothing. Hepburn was among the children who received this aid, and that experience would stay with her for the rest of her life. Growing up in the Netherlands during wartime left Hepburn with her own personal experiences of childhood hunger and the hardships of war. These insights laid some of the groundwork for her own charity work in later life. Many people were envious of the fact that Hepburn was able to maintain such a slender figure throughout her life. However, as Sean tells us in the book, the only real secrets behind his mother's slender looks were the malnutrition she suffered during the war and her persistence in practicing ballet. Hepburn's dream from a young age was to become a prima ballerina. Nothing could stop her passion for ballet, she practiced daily even during the war. After the war ended, Hepburn returned to London where she studied under the famous ballet teacher Marie Rombert. One day, Rombert told Hepburn that her prime years to study ballet were already behind her, and that Hepburn was too tall, so she wouldn't make it as a prima ballerina no matter how hard she tried. This news was a real blow for Hepburn, and it sent her running back to her room where she threw herself onto her bed and cried in despair. Hepburn had coped with both hunger and the hardships of war, but seeing her dream slip through her fingers was extremely difficult to take. Even though she couldn't become a prima ballerina, Hepburn always maintained her love of dancing, and this passion comes through in many of her films. For example, Hepburn threw herself into one of her early films Funny Face. In this musical, Hepburn reconnected with her love of dance and realized her dream of performing with the famous actor and dancer Fred Astaire. We can only imagine how happy Hepburn was to star in that film. Hepburn attributed her breakthrough as an actress to the famous French writer Colette who wrote Gigi, a novella that was adapted into a Broadway play of the same name. Colette and Hepburn's first meeting was very theatrical. At the time, Hepburn was filming Monte Carlo Baby in France, and it happened that Colette was staying in the same hotel. When she laid eyes on Hepburn, this energetic, positive, and bright girl, Colette shouted out, I have found Gigi. That is how Hepburn got the lead female role in the Broadway play. 
Gigi ended up staying on Broadway for a run of 219 shows, winning Hepburn a Tony Award for Best Actress and marking the start of her spectacular acting career. Becoming an actress wasn't Hepburn's first choice, but she soon realized that since she had chosen this path, she would have to give it her all and show the respect it was due. Hepburn's professionalism left a lasting impression on her son Sean. When he was 12 years old, Sean took part in a school play. He had to play a character who due to years of hypochondria research mistakenly thought he was suffering from an incurable disease. This was a huge challenge for Sean, so he went to his mother. Hepburn told Sean that if he wanted to play his part well, he first needed to research hypochondria so that he could understand the script and the character he needed to play. She also gave Sean some advice for overcoming stage fright. When Sean was struggling to memorize his long monologues, Hepburn told him that all he needed to do was to read his lines out loud to himself right before going to sleep at night, and then read them out again first thing in the morning. Sean's hard work paid off and his performance was a success. Through this role in his school play, Sean began to understand that performing perfectly in every role as an actor was not an easy thing. Sean also came to understand the life lesson that his mother was trying to impart to him. Hepburn was trying to teach her son that whatever work he ended up doing regardless of whether he enjoyed it, he had to give it his all, he had to respect his work, be disciplined, and perform to the best of his ability. In fact, as long as he prepared far enough in advance and laid proper foundations, success wouldn't be far away. Despite the fact that becoming an actress was far from what Hepburn imagined for herself, she still managed to be hugely successful and was able to move every person she met with her work ethic and commitment. Hepburn was truly dedicated to her line of work and her career. So what kind of person was she in her family life? And what kind of daughter, wife, and mother was she? Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.